listening to the Phenomenal Forum on WCWPSports.org and iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Phenomenal Forum. I'm your host, Matt Weinstein. As always, to my right, it's Andrew Servideo. To my left, the modern-day Klimarasha, Chris Klimazuski. Guys, a week off. We're very thankful. Happy holidays. But we're back, baby. We're back. We're back and ready than ever. So we gotta get we gotta get started here. We missed last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk about Survivor Series, the so-called clean sweep of Monday Night Raw. Clean sweep, air quotes. Clean, yeah. clean sweep. Clean sweep asterisk next to it. Clean sweep, except we lost the first match on the card, but it was on the pre-show. Not a big deal. You know what's you know what's sad? SmackDown is clearly. The better show, especially after this week. And oh, they still gosh. had Raw do the clean sweep. You know what I found funny, too, on both shows? They were they kept mentioning the Survivor Series like it happened last Sunday when it happened two weeks ago. Well, they, I feel like they must have known that we missed an episode. So <laughs> they dialed it back yep, so we were back on track. But the thing, we got to start with that supposed clean sweep. The word is that... T- so the one match SmackDown did win was the... 10-on-10 tag team elimination match. Apparently, Raw was supposed to win that, and the Revival were supposed to get the win over the Usos to win that match, but whoever the producer was messed it up, and they got the wrong ending. I don't know how that happens. That tag team match was abysmal. But But Vince wanted the clean sweep for Raw, so the very first match on the card took that away. They messed it up big time. I don't. I don't know how that happens. How how do you go to work if that's tr- if that's true? I'm assu- yeah. like that's what the word is. You go to work and say, "Hey, w- we need the Us- we need the revival to beat the Usos as the last guy standing." All right, and then the Usos go over the revival. How does that happen? I mean, I I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't know how you mess that up. In a in a sport where the outcome is predetermined, and you mess up the one most important thing about that sport. It's it's mind-boggling how they just continue week, even with the pay-per-views, too. They just mess things up. So now, and it's such a shame if the Revival were supposed to get that win, would have probably, would have most pretty much been the biggest thing they've done to date on the main roster. Instead, they just took another pinfall. That's all they did. Yeah, it's, you know, the Revival could have used that boost, too, because they've been out of it for a while. Um you know, the, the Usos have been looking clean for weeks, coming off victory after victory, and then uh, finally the Revival could step up and show what they could do, and you just can't, you hate to see it. But even even if Raw was supposed to win that match, how could we, how are we supposed to believably look at this SmackDown team with the New Day and the Usos, and whoever, and you know, Sanity, Gals, and Anderson, you can give some credit to as well, the, you know, the Colognes, whatever you want to call them, but... <laughs> Just the New Day and the Usos alone should have should have been able to beat this team. So you had to give SmackDown this victory. There's no way they were going to lose this match in any capacity. I was actually shocked. I didn't watch the pre-show, but I was actually shocked when I heard it went down to the last, like, each each one had one person left. I was like, really? Like, I thought SmackDown was going to have a clean win, like, three teams left. And they had, it came down to one and one. Well, the Revival eliminated the New Day, they pinned Xavier Woods. It was an incredible spot. Chris, if you didn't go at least watch that spot back, that 
what happened was Xavier Woods was walking the tightrope and then to do that big elbow drop, and they caught him in the shatter machine. So that was just an incredible spot. Nonetheless, SmackDown comes away with the sole win of the night. But we'll move it on. One, one, of the, one of the biggest takeaways from this show, the women's five-on-five, five, the face breaker, the most hated person in professional wrestling, Nia Jax, the sole survivor. I, I don't even know. I don't even want to begin to talk about it. I don't even, I, I just don't even want to give Nia Jax the props. I'm not shocked, honestly. I, like, I figured it because she is the irresistible force that she is. I mean, and this is, and this is a great way to push her as a heel to have her just dominate in the Survivor Series match. And he's, it, that's the only way, that's the only good thing you could take but of you, it. But you have to. They have a perfect opportunity. And it, look, she was she's the number one contender. She was in line for a match anyway. You can't take that away. So, yeah, a, a ho- horrible, horrible incident with her breaking Becky Lynch's nose, giving her the concussion, or as they'll say on TV, breaking her face. Hilarious. <laughs> but you, they, they just went with it. They rolled with the punches, pun intended. And they said she is in a, a huge heat magnet. Let's throw her out there. Raw's going to get the win anyway. No better way to do it. Let's get this crowd involved, get them on their feet. When she made her entrance, that's one of the loudest reactions I've heard in a long time, bad or good. That, uh, that, as people are trying to you know jump the barricade to get to this woman. She's the most hated person in professional wrestling. And she's owning it, too. I love when she just, like, she pulls up a bit. She's, like, she dusts it off. Like, I, d- I don't. I, I love just, it. I, I'm like, I oh, don't. she's playing it so good. Because here, here's the thing about Nia Jax. Yeah, she's not that good in the ring. Not at all. And after the whole Becky Lynch incident, yeah, we hate her. But guess what? Before that, I didn't. I was starting to warm up to Nia Jax. I was not. Because, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's not great in the ring. She's, she's, she's kind of unsafe. Very unsafe. But she plays a good character. She plays into whatever she... No, she plays into whatever they hand her, and now saying, hey, yeah, you did break Becky Lynch's face, so we're going to roll with it. She's playing into that so well. Mm-hmm. I guess. I, I mean, I, she's broke... She's, this is not the first incident that we've had with Nia Jax, you know, hurting or injuring somebody in the past year. How many people she injured this year? I think it was like seven. Seven. Was the number. Six seven, or seven people have been injured at the hands of Nia Jax. She's the face breaker. What'd you expect? But on the others, that I agree with you. However, on the other side, you're not supposed to like this woman. I understand and that. And that is why I think they're doing a good job. It was, it was a tough situation. They're do- yeah, they're doing, they're doing what they have to do. But like, in reality... It's it's one of those type of Roman Reigns situations where we're not we're we're not booing him because he's a bad wrestler. We're booing him because of his booking. And, and with Nia Jax, the it's the complete opposite. No, I look. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> like, with, it's, I'm not disa- you know? I'm not disagreeing with you. But what I'm getting out of it is that I am enjoying the character. I'm enjoying hating the character because that is what we're supposed to do. Yes. You know where I'm coming from? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. saying. Yeah. I understand what you both are saying, and I honestly like it, and I love how she's playing into it, like you guys have said. So then Nia Jax gets the win there. We'll move it on to one of the best matches of the night. Seth Rollins, the Intercontinental Champion, defeats the United States Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. No sign of Dean Ambrose at all in this match. A lot of us were saying either 
Rollins was going to lose because Dean was going to get involved, or Rollins was going to win, and then Dean was going to get involved. Afterwards, nothing. They just had a straight-up, clean, one-on-one match between two of the top guys in the company, and it showed. Absolutely. It did. It was it was probably one of the best matches of the night, in my opinion. I don't I don't see any other match like topping that match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I fi- we all figured this would be the best match on the card without a doubt because it was two great wrestlers in Seth Rollins and Shinsuke, and they showed out. They put on a nice twenty-plus minute match, and they showed out. They played, they played, they fought each other phenomenally, and Seth Rollins did end up coming up with the win. So then Rollins now will move on to face Dean Ambrose at TLC two weeks from this Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, a nice pay. Ooh, <clears throat> sorry, payoff to their long feud that they've had over the past couple of months. Is this a TL now? Is this a TLC match or is it just a regular match? It'll probably just be a regular match. Oh if anything, it'll be no DQ. Great, boring. <laughs> You're at TLC. Make it fun. Make it all. It's, this match should be a last. Well, the thing match. is that they're like, oh, we already have a TLC match. Let's not make another one. But even though that's the name of the pay per view, that's the name of yeah. It's ridiculous. Just make it all. It, 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 this would be a great ladder match between the both of them. Yeah, at the moment, it is just a one-on-one match. That could change. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But even if it was just like a chairs match or something, which is a dumb stipulation, but just give it. It should be a ladder match. Like give Clint it said. something. It 100% should be a that'd ladder be, that'd match. That'd be incredible. I hope they change it. I hope, yeah, I hope that changes. We got two weeks. We got we got two weeks. We're, we're running through the card thus far. What could be a ladder match? Because right now we have Oscar versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, which we'll get into later, which is a full-on TLC match. That'll be great. And then on paper, we're supposed to get Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman. That's a TLC match. I hate when they have a TLC match for nothing. Like a TLC match that ends in a pinfall or submission. You know what I mean? The whole point yeah, of a TLC the- match is that you should be climbing the ladder to grab something. Yeah. Right. The uh, the only good reason that they're having a TLC match is, you know, we've seen Baron Corbin fight Braun Strowman several times now. Braun Strowman getting the victory pretty much almost every single time. Now with an added stipulation that if Braun Strowman wins, he gets to fight Lesnar and Baron Corbin steps down as general manager. So, well, well, look, I'm, look, the match is happening. That's great. But the fact that it's a TLC match, TLC matches should culminate in somebody climbing a ladder and grabbing something. The yeah, title, sure. a briefcase, a contract, whatever it is, because there's nothing, you know, nothing feasible that this person, nothing that they'll win. It this doesn't just, have to be if it was a tables match, it if it was a like no a, DQ, well, maybe, a chair. Yeah, it be no DQ. Well, maybe it is Maybe they is going to climb for something because who knows? Maybe Stephanie could be like, oh, here's the contract for whoever wins inside the game. you got to climb up to get the, get the briefcase. Who well, knows? Then, yeah, that'll be fine. But what I'm saying is that you mentioned that Rollins-Ambrose should be a ladder. Because not everything's good. Obviously, not everything is going to be a ladder match. Rollins-Ambrose could benefit from a ladder match stipulation. Even Daniel Bryan-AJ Styles in a ladder match. That would benefit. So to give it to Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin, you're kind of losing me. I think that's the problem with Raw as well. It's just too top-heavy. There's no title to fight for, so everybody's just fighting in nonsensical matches. But this match does have some meaning to it. Yeah. So I understand why it would be a TLC match, but it should be considered a no-DQ match. Yeah, because just, it's going to end in a pinfall. Just make Exactly. If it's going to end in a pinfall, just make it a no-DQ, a false count anywhere, whatever you want. But to put the TLC stipulation is an absolute waste of one of the greatest stipulations in wrestling. I think it's I think it's because 
it is the biggest match on Raw right now besides the Intercontinental Championship match. So that's why they are doing it. So they need to have one TLC match for Raw, one TLC match well, for Smackdown. Right, I know why they're doing it. I just don't like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, so, I don't like it either. I think that Rollins, Ambrose, or Daniel Bryan, AJ would so much more benefit from a ladder stipulation, hang that title high. That's what this is all about. That's yeah. We get this pay-per-view TLC once a year, which I don't like to begin with, the gimmick yeah, pay-per-view. Well, but if we're going to get the gimmick pay-per-view, at least have it pay off. At least show me, oh, someone's climbing climbing up that ladder to grab the title. Yeah, we're going to get the women's Smack, the SmackDown women's title triple threat, which will be out of this world. Right. And, we, and, uh, and historically speaking, December is probably the worst month for wrestling ever in WWE. But th- and this pay-per-view, December, usually like a lower-tier B show, this pay-per-view is stacking up to be pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. It's surprising. But, the, I mean, then again, Raw and SmackDown, you see the considerable difference between what could be a pay-per-view and, and the lead-up to it. Because what we saw on Raw this week was absolutely abysmal. It was just not not up to standard for a, a pay-per-view this, this large of, of, of caliber. Well, we got two, we still have two more Raws, two more SmackDowns to go until TLC. Hopefully, we expect things will heat up. Nonetheless, we'll jump back into Survivor Series. We'll keep going over that. We'll get back into what we like, what we don't like on Raw and SmackDown. So the next match at Survivor Series, which absolutely drove me crazy, was the Authors of Pain versus Sheamus and Cesaro, The Bar. <laughs> Explain why, because I know you, you're a big Drake Maverick fan. Big, big Drake Maverick guy here, <laughs> and throughout throughout Drake Maverick's career, like when he was in TNA, when he was on the Indies as Rockstar Spud, that, like, so, the basically, you know, if, if you haven't seen it yet, the big show went to choke out Drake Maverick, and he peed his pants. <laughs> and that distracted, Straight up. that distracted Sheamus, and the Altars of Pain got the win. But Drake Maverick isn't the type of character to do that. Rock Rockstar Spud in the past, like this me, this man as other characters in the past has done, you know, gross weird stuff like that outside of the WWE as a different character, but for the almost year that Drake Maverick has been in the WWE, he has been an all a no-nonsense business guy, you know, the general manager of 205 Live the manager of the, one of the most dominant tag teams in recent memory in AOP. So to have a serious guy like this just make a fool of himself just because somebody backstage probably thought it was funny, like, I I hated it. I know you do. And here's, here's my uh, understanding of what happened. I think that they wanted to implement some comedic something into Monday Night Raw because they felt like that was lacking in the past couple of weeks or whatever. You know, we haven't had something funny happen on Raw in a while. So they're like, you know what? This this might have boost, you know, our ratings or something. That's, but th- that's fine. But don't do it with Drake Maverick. I understand that's 100% that. yeah. fine. You know whose spot that is? That's Heath Slater. That's B-team. That's Kurt Hawkins. That's the B-team. That's not Drake Maverick, exactly. the manager of the most dominant tag team in the company yeah. in AOP. Yeah, 100%. If I was AOP, I would have been like, yo, I got this dude pissing his pants on our side. I, he's got to go. Like, and can't be having that. Luckily enough, they they all but saved it for me this past Monday. With AOP now in a feud with Chad Gable and Bobby Roode where they had the match. Bobby Roode had his robe stolen from Drake Maverick. He took it into the bathroom backstage, put it over the toilet, and started peeing on the jacket. 
So you know what? This I can I can get on board at least. That's it, funny. That's, that's not know, only is it funny. Contribute to you know the actual right. Not only is that dude. funny, but that's him being a heel. Distracts Bobby Roode. AOP gets the win. That's going to further this storyline. And Drake Maverick kind of gets his heat back. He he almost looks like a serious character yet again. For sure. Yeah. And that's the big thing for me. So, you know, right um, before we go to break, we got one more match to talk about. And then we'll get the rest of the Survivor Series in a moment. But Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali, the Cruiserweights, got some shine on the main card of a big four pay-per-view. Surprisingly. Which I loved. Yeah. And Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali put on a great match. Murphy won. These two guys, these two guys are two of the best in the company. Fight forever. Those are the type of guys you want to see potentially in the main card because you know they're good enough to hang with the main card if they wanted to. And these two guys have been feuding on and off since about June. Yeah. And this is the first match they've had that now that Buddy Murphy's the cruiserweight champion. Mustafa Ali got his first title shot since WrestleMania, and they've had incredible matches on 205 Live. Not many people watch it. They haven't been wrestling in front of so many eyes. To put these guys on this main show at Survivor Series at, live at the Staples Center, I was very, very pleased. I was too. It was a really good match too. I didn't even watch it. You know. Well, you're the problem, Chris. Well, I'm not. I'm not. A two, I'm not a two hundred five guy. Not two hundred five. I'm not either. That's I'm not the either. problem, Andrew. Did you watch the match? I watched the match, there but I, don't watch, I, I, I will it, agree with Clement saying I, I'm not a two hundred five live guy. Where I go and watch, I'll go out of my way to watch two hundred five live. Right, but. If there's a match that I've heard on the internet that, hey, you should go watch this match, it's good, I'll go watch it. I mean, I watched a little bit. I was in and out of it. I think I was watching football at the time, too. But I, from what I saw, I was like, whoa, this looks pretty good. Now, pretty good. what I'm saying is, look, I don't expect either. I know the both of you guys, you don't watch 205 Live. I haven't been tuning in every single week live. Yeah, I go back and watch it, but a match like this for the Cruiserweight title – on a big four show, that's the opportunity to put these guys on the map to get more eyes, more of those casual fans who aren't watching 205 Love every week to be like, hey, this is something I, I should see every week. You're saying they do this every Tuesday night, every Wednesday night, however they, whenever they do it now? Because they took the Cruiserweight division off of Raw. Which is a big mistake. Because a, a huge mistake. <laughs> Raw is lacking in, you know, match quality. And you have the extra late. hour if you give those guys, you know, an eight-minute match to break up Raw. And, yeah, it's a spot fest. You do all the high spots, but you get the crowd on your feet. They're invested. Yeah. And this is the type of spot on a big four. I'm looking at you, Chris. This is where all of that pays off. And you didn't watch it. You're sitting there with your moonwalking, trash talking, backwards Carmella hat. I'm offended, Chris. He's wearing. Look at that. He's wearing a Carmella hat. Carmella hat, Zach Ryder t-shirt. But no, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not a fan of 205. No one really stands out on 205 for me to watch him. I mean, look, I saw some of. The, I mean, Buddy Murphy's good. I'm not gonna doubt, doubt that. I've seen some of his stuff. I've seen some of Mustafa Ali's. But other than that, really, who's else? Who else is on 205? All right, I'll tell you what. First, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Clem, I'm going to list off plenty of guys that you need to go check out on 205 Live. But first, we're going to step aside. You're listening to the Phenomenal Forum here on mywcwp.org. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. You're listening to the Phenomenal Forum on iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Phenomenal Forum. Matt Weinstein, Andrew Servideo, the modern-day Klimaraja, Chris Klimazuski here with you. Before the break, Chris, I went on, I, you made me upset. You made me a little 
worried. You're not listening. You're not watching 205 Live. And you said, ah, who, who there do I need to worry about? So he, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Not listening to the whole roster. Here's the guys that you should be ashamed of not watching. Buddy Murphy, the Cruiserweight champion. Cedric Alexander. Drew Gulak. Hideo Itami. Leo Rush. Mark Andrews. Mike Kanellis. Mustafa Ali. Noem Dar. TJP. Tony Nice, Just to name a few. Mike, you gotta really throw Mike Kanellis. Mike Kanellis. I know that guy's a bum. Stop. Mike Kanellis is a very good wrestler. I thought he was a bum. Stop it. He's not a bum at all. Especially with the manager of Maria Kanellis, who is very, I love uh, her. You know, attractive. You're, she is. She do be attractive. And now you add in. Now, you know what? I, I didn't even list off the whole thing, but then you add in guys like Akira Tozawa, Arya Davari, and D. Brian Kendrick, Gentleman Jack Gallagher. You have yourselves a very, very loaded roster that you aren't watching that you don't care about. I do. But I do like me some uh, Gentleman Jack Gallagher, though. I do like him a lot. Clem, you're a bum. That's what you are, but that's all <laughs> I got to say man. about it. Hey, it took me forever to start watching NXT. I mean, who knows? Also, Get involved. Do yeah. yourself a favor. Watch some 205. We'll move it on. The Raw least, versus SmackDown. You know, at least watch like some of the good matches that are on there. You don't have to go watch the whole show, like the best, the so-called best hour of professional wrestling. What is it? What? I think they call it the most exciting hour of television. Yeah, it's not that. But, but it's hey, also... <laughs> want to go back and watch a couple matches on there? Do it. All right. All right, so now... I'll back you up a little bit, Clint. We're moving on. We're still talking about Survivor Series. The 5-on-5 Raw vs. SmackDown men's match. Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley survive against SmackDown Live. Whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) really? Listen. You know what? These these 5-on-5 matches weren't really that good this year. They weren't. They weren't. None of them. Not at all. I mean, now you have this McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin unit. Together, who cares? Who cares? And it's now, one of those like things that's just like, why are they doing it? Yeah, it's like they took out Braun Strowman, they took out Elias, they took out Finn Balor, and now they're just they just kind of happening. Here's the here's the positive that I could see coming out of this is that they build up Finn Balor to be a potential contender for the Universal Championship that he once was. I think that you're getting that out of Finn Balor. You're getting that of out of Elias as out well. Out of Elias as well, yeah. Obviously, you have Braun Strowman now on the shelf for a little bit, but there I. Which is more three on three? Like, is that is that what we need? Here's the thing. I think Finn Balor comes out this Monday, brings in Elias, brings in somebody else, teams up three on three match, whatever. Again, again, we've seen this again. That's what I'm we'll saying. see. We'll see McIntyre versus Balor or somebody versus Balor at TLC. Hopefully, build him up even more so that he can win potentially win the Royal Rumble, which I really hope happens. Because here's the thing: if him and Bailey win the mismatch challenge. They're both number 30 in their perspective for oh, Rumbles. That's true. And you so, know what? And here's the, the thing. If Finn Balor comes out as number 30 as the Demon Balor, you know Finn Balor is walking out the winner of the Royal Rumble. Oh that's and, why it is important to watch the Mismatch Challenge. And, yeah, they threw that little carrot in the Mismatch Challenge. And the favorite, Braun Strowman with Ember Moon. Braun Strowman's out, and he was replaced by Kurt Hawkins. Loved it. Hilarious! Did you guys watch it? So now Kurt Haw- now Kurt Hawkins and Ember <laughs> Moon are out. So it's anybody that makes my challenge is anybody's game. Anybody could be number thirty. Anybody could be number thirty. So now here's the thing: if Finn Balor comes as the Demon, undefeated on the main roster, you know, the undefeated in general, undefeated. No, he lost to Samoa Joe in NXT. No, I don't think he was the Demon. That was at a that was at a house show. That when he lost the title, it was at a house show. He wasn't the Demon. He wasn't the Demon. I know. I do my research. No, he was. So a de- the host, I'm pretty sure he lost as a demon bucks. in NXT once. 
I don't remember to who. I don't think so. We'll look it up. Anyway. I'm pretty sure to Samoa no, Joe. No, because the big matches, he lost the big match against Samoa Joe for the title, and he lost the big showcase match against Nakamura. Neither time he was in the body paint. That's crazy. I know. So he's still undefeated as a demon. That's what I'm saying. If he comes out as number 30, that's a number 30 entrance. Yeah. that's Is that's, that not a number 30 entrance? That's worth it. No, I agree. And that's, he could take his time coming down to the ring as a demon, crawl to the ring. He's got plenty of time because he's number 30. Nobody's coming after him. I would definitely like to see it. I would love to see it. But we'll see. Obviously, we got some time. We got about a m- two months now till the Royal Rumble. It's my absolute favorite time of the year, Road to WrestleMania. We'll get there. We don't want to jump the gun. You know, he's o- Finn, well, speaking of Finn Balor winning losses, you know, he's only lost 41 times since getting called up. I don't know. I don't know how big of a factor that is. Yeah, how, like, how many matches? How many matches he had? How is that compared? Like, he's had 170. Plus yeah, that's pretty good. 41. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, that's why I was like, whoa. It's a decent winning percentage. Anyway, we'll move <laughs> it on. So Strowman, McIntyre, and Lashley, they beat Team SmackDown. Shane couldn't get the job done. We got that all going on. We'll move it on to the most, the two most important matches of this card. Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, was probably going to end up being the match of the night. And then Charlotte took a kendo stick to Ronda and just viciously beat her down. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. I did, too. I think it was uh, really cool. It would have been better if it were Becky Lynch, because that was oh, probably the match that was yeah. set up for Becky Lynch to do. Look, I, I, I feel like you guys all, when it comes to the Ronda stuff, you guys are all looking at me like, how do how does Klim feel about all this? I loved it. 100% loved that Ronda got annihilated with a kendo stick by Charlotte. Because you know what? It made sense. It made perfect sense because Charlotte, it looked like Charlotte was was not going to beat Ronda. She hit her he hit her with all the moves that in uh, Charlotte's arsenal, and she couldn't do it. So what, what did Charlotte have to do? Beat her up with a kendo stick, and it made perfect sense the way to end the match. I mean, granted, now Ronda's still undefeated. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought she was going to lose, but she's still undefeated, and you saw her get basically just she was looked weak against Charlotte, which was good. You haven't seen that from uh, Ronda at all. And that's the big thing. And also, we'll get this somewhere else down the line. This obviously isn't done. It's a main name match. They've been, they've been calling each other out. And then the word was that in, instead they were going to do Becky Ronda. I wouldn't be surprised to see Becky, Charlotte, Ronda in a triple threat match in the main event of WrestleMania at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, and apparently the rumor is, too, that we saw this week that Fox wants Ronda on SmackDown. It's it, true. It is true. But it, that's right, because Fox is – going to start airing SmackDown Live. Do we know when that officially is kicking off? Um, I will look it up. All right, lovely. But they want Smack that Fox wants Ronda Rousey on SmackDown for obvious reason. Yeah. If they pull that trigger, who are you are you giving some are SmackDown giving somebody up in the women's division to Monday Night Raw? How are you making that an even switch? I don't know. They're going to do uh the, obviously this won't happen until after Mania, right? Because that's when the draft happens. Unless, unless well, it depends. Like, if if Fox is going to start before WrestleMania, then it could be anything. Uh, WWE put this up in June for the first time ever. Friday night, beginning October fourth, twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Okay. So it's oh, wow. Fox. another year. Yeah. So it's after, way after Mania. Way after, yeah. So right. probably, yeah, that's probably. It'll good. it'll be interesting to see what happens because if Ronda Rousey goes to SmackDown, are Becky and Charlotte still on SmackDown? Do you you know? Do you trade? Maybe does Oscar go to Raw? Who knows? No, that's what I was thinking too. Because you know, this rumor came out that Ronda might go to SmackDown. Then the women's division on SmackDown would be really top heavy. If you it's, really it's think loaded, about, you, yeah. then, you then have the four top women in the company on, on Smack, SmackDown yeah. in Ronda, Becky, Charlotte, and Oscar. Yeah, then you even have Naomi, Carmella. 
Iconics, Mandy Rose, Sonya, like all good wrestlers. And then that's granted if no one goes to if there's but the, at that point in a year's time, there's bound to be some switch ups. Yeah. So I plus mean, they yeah. they want to do eventually that four horsewomen thing where they do the four horsewomen of the MMA versus yeah. the four horsewomen of. Well, have you guys WWE? been seeing uh, Twitter lately that Shayna, Charlotte, yeah. Becky, and Ronda have been all going at it at each other? So they're that, building something up there. That that's great. It's it's it. the best. I get also I love Shayna Baszler. Love Shayna. It's about Big time. Big fan of Shayna Baszler. It's about what do you mean time. It's about time. I've known it. I've said this for weeks. It was oh, you know, the NXT takeover coming up. You got Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane. Like oh, oh wait, what am I saying? Shayna Baszler, not Shayna Baszler. Uh, what's her name on on SmackDown? Sonya. Sonya Deville. Yeah, I love oh, Sonya Deville. That's what I was gonna say. No, I don't I, like Shayna Baszler. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I know you don't. No, you're you totally right. Yeah, I don't um, like Shayna Baszler. Yeah, so Sonya Deville in that SmackDown Women's Battle Royal one on one with Oscar. I texted you guys when it was going on and said I'd I'd honestly rather see Sonya Deville in this in this. Triple Threat TLC match. Yeah, yeah, because it's different. You know, we exactly. haven't. Sonya hasn't been really in any kind of title or even sm- sniffing the title at all. <laughs> and at least with this, you know, sure. she was the last one against Oscar, and everyone in their mother knew Oscar was going to win. <laughs> I mean, it was so. I, ob- I, I could have sworn Sonya Deville was going to win it there. I mean, I wouldn't have been mad if Sonya won though. That's I mean, I would have. I would have yeah, been happy. Yeah, I said that as the match was going on. I was like, "Hey, Sonya might win this. I'm not mad." And I here, thought Mandy was going to win. And it, here's actually. the thing about well, that's crazy. Here's the thing about <laughs> <laughs> well, that's insane. Here's but here's the thing about Sonya Deville. She got she got a real real bad case here. With she came up as this you know this badass MMA background, and then Shayna Baszler comes to NXT. And then Ronda comes out at the Royal Rumble. So it's like, oh, we have, you know, these le- legit fighters and these two women. And Sonya Deville kind of just got th- kicked aside. So no- nobody really cared about, oh, Sonya Deville, the MMA fighter. It was just Sonya Deville, that girl who was but came with Paige to Raw. That, that's yeah. all it was. So I mean, that, that to, but, you know, that's still the case. That still was the case before Ronda even came, I think. Right. But at least before they were there... You know the announcers would talk up her background, talk up her, talk they up still can, her I legitimate think. I think fighting experience. I don't know why they were from doing so. But they don't because they want to talk about their. If they're going to talk about their anybody's MMA experience, it's those four horsewomen of the MMA: Ronda, Shayna Baszler, <sighs> I don't, I hate Jessamyn that. Duke, I hate that Marina so Schaefer. All of them. Now, what happened? Like they talk about MMA backgrounds. You know, it's good to have that as like your background. And say that it's your background, but like, if you're gonna do it for one person, why not do it for the other people that are, you know that have MMA well, because, backgrounds? Well, because well, because we've we've seen it forever. They pick and choose what they want to say. Whoever yeah. whoever they want to push at the moment, that's who they'll talk up the most. If Sonya Deville isn't in their plans, they have no reason to talk about her background. It's annoying. Yeah, it is. So this whole anyway, we'll bring it back in. <laughs> this whole Ronda Charlotte thing is not over. Yeah, it's still uh, still lingering. I don't know why they, you know, made it look like they were friends back in when Becky got injured and she shook her hand and whatever. Becky and Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say. So Ronda Charlotte's still lingering. Becky, Char- uh, excuse me, Becky, Ronda never got the proper blow off. That's still lingering. And even though when Becky chose Charlotte, they hugged it out, they shook hands, that's still lingering too. It, it's ve- Especially now because since then Charlotte's turned heel, it's very easy to just flip that switch back on. Yeah. So, we'll move it on to the final match of the Survivor Series. Match I was looking forward to the absolute most. Brock Lesnar taking on the WWE champion, Daniel Bryan. 
Brock. He, that was he the match put, of the night. He put Brock to work. That was match of the night. That's for sure. That was definitely match of the night. I forgot that about that match. Here's the thing, Daniel Bryan. I mean, he looked incredible in that match. That was the most offense anybody's gotten on Brock Lesnar in years. I, I want to oh, say yeah. since years. I want to say probably since Triple H in 2012. When, wow. when he first came no, I don't back. know about that. I think uh, probably Seth Rollins and John Cena in that triple threat. That's a good point. Okay. I was going to say even since... So, so 2015. 20, I was going to say yeah. since last Survivor Rumble. Series. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. I, I, was, I would have even said since last Survivor Series when AJ fought him. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Or even the year before that with Goldberg. So, yeah. so we're all lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who no, knows? No, it, but, it was the most believable offense. Yes. But you know what? In the beginning of this match, it was kind of a snooze fest. You know, it was just Brock dominating Daniel the whole time, and that's what everyone thought of. Then the ref gets knocked down, and then you see a low blow from Daniel Bryan, and you see some offense being generated. And until that low blow, I was really nervous because all those German suplexes, Daniel Bryan was, you know, he was. Bumping, I was getting so he was nervous. Bumping like I was a, getting worked. Oh he was right, bumping like a maniac. No, forget the. I wasn't even nervous that oh my god, he's just going to beat him, and that's going to be it. I thought he was going to get injured. I yeah, that's exact, what I was thinking. I thought he was going to break his neck. Yeah. Because Daniel Bryan, look, the way he landed on one of those suplexes oh. did not look good at, at all. That was like one and of the first ones. And then I guess it was Kyoto was the referee. At that point, they have him mic'd up. Like, come on, Daniel, you got to talk to me. I got worked. I did too. Totally. I, did, I got worked. <laughs> because at that point, I'm like, oh my God, this is real. Pro wrestling is real. This is happening. He really <laughs> got hurt. And then I have to dial back in. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait, okay. This no, is how on. I'm supposed yeah, to yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. They did a fantastic job doing that. And it worked me hard. And after that, and the first running knee that Daniel Bryan hit, I was like, no way. Yeah, no way, no way he's going to get the pinfall. It looks believable that Daniel Bryan could beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it did. And you know what? It should be like that because now Brock Lesnar can be beaten. And the, thing, the biggest thing about that is that then he hits that second running knee, and I'm looking, oh, my God, Daniel Bryan just won. I'm watching it with my father. It's, like, almost 11 o'clock at night. I'm jumping and screaming. He's half asleep. He's just like, relax. I'm like, Dad, Daniel Bryan's going to beat Brock Lesnar. I'm not going to relax. You're marking out. And I really was. And then, you know, and then when he had when he had the label lock in, I won't even call it the yes lock. He has the label lock in. I thought he was. I thought Brock was going to tap out. I, I thought like, oh my, he was if Brock taps out. Twice. He that is incredible. In. Nonetheless, Brock Lesnar gets the win, but Daniel Bryan looked like a million bucks. And then the biggest question is, well, Daniel Bryan just turned heel and won the WWE title. His first match, five days later, he loses to Brock Lesnar. How do you combat this? How do you bounce back? And he cuts that promo two last week on SmackDown about the old Daniel Bryan is dead. Brock Lesnar you know, Brock Lesnar killed that old Daniel Bryan. He got rid of what was left of the old Daniel Bryan. This is the new Daniel Bryan who only cares about himself. And he kept giving, you know, his inspirational quote from when he came back, if you fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you. The fact that he can turn that around as a heel Perfect. and use that, Amazing. there's nobody better. There's nobody better. That man is the best wrestler of all time. I don't care. I don't know about that. No, he, he's he, pretty close to he it. He is. Pretty close to it. All in all, there's, no, there's nobody better than that man. He's, here's the thing. He, when he was injured, he, he probably came up with so many ideas. He was like, I'm going to turn heel when I come back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show everybody who's the man, and well, I'm the man. Yeah, apparently I read an article that he said he wanted to turn heel for a while now, too. And Which is good because it was, it was getting so stale. It was. The yes movement, the leader of the yes movement, all of this stuff. And, or, you know, he's teaming with Bree. He's doing whatever. But at that point, yeah, he had his match with AJ. He lost. He capitalized it on the right next? time, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because it was getting stale. And you could tell he knew that it was getting stale. And I'm very, very excited 
to see where this heel Daniel Bryan goes. We'll get into it a little bit more after one final break. But until then, you're listening to the Phenomenal Forum here on MyWCWP.org. You're listening to the Phenomenal Forum on WCWP Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Phenomenal Forum. Matt Weinstein, Andrew Servideo, the modern-day Kalimarasha. Chris Klemazewski here with you every Friday here on MyWCWP.org. If you're listening to the podcast, you can check that out on iTunes as well. So before break, we were talking about the whole Daniel Bryan situation, the heel turn, which now on the other end of SmackDown opens up a potential babyface turn for The Miz which I am so, so on board for. I am too. It's going to be very, uh, if they do it properly, it could be one of the best matches in Mania. And they've been, if pl- they do Daniel Bryan Miz. And they've been planting the seeds last week when they had a, uh, the Miz try to recruit Shane McMahon to be his tag team partner, did that whole thing. I'm I, all for it too. Me too. And that. I would go as far to say, I know I've told you this off the air, I would go as far to say that I think that the Miz is going to win the Royal Rumble and beat Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania to win back that title for the first time in eight and a half years. It would be cool. I, think I still it, think it should be Finn Balor, but yeah, it would be No, cool. I think you're going to see it's uh, it's going to be come down to Finn and Bailey versus uh, Miz and Asuka in, for the Mixed Match Finals, and either one of them could win it. Yeah. Yeah, oh That's my God, That's true. Yeah. If Miz comes in at number 30, number 30. even better. Yeah, and even even Oscar too. I mean, we already saw Oscar win it last year, but I mean, don't put it doubt, don't put it by him that if yeah, she, definitely that she can come out and win again. But now, I don't know if she'll win twice in a row. I, I know it's tough. It's tough, but Who knows? but the, but this whole Miz thing, I I am so on board. It's so fresh. Like he's had in his you know over ten year career in the WWE, he had one quick forgettable babyface run where you know Ric Flair was mentoring him. He taught him the figure four, and it was. Awful. It was so bad. But he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't. Because, yeah, he was great on the mic, but he wasn't what he is now. Now, he's, you know... Established. Not only is he established, he's probably the best guy on the mic in the entire... In the current... On the current roster. Oh, absolutely. In the WWE. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, top three without a doubt. But he is the man. He can carry a storyline... Easily. About he carry but anything. Th- having a storyline with Daniel Bryan, who is also that good on the mic, exactly. Especially as a heel now, and it's a it's different be dynamic because we've been seeing it for the past eight years with babyface Daniel Bryan and the Miz as the heel. Now you switch that; it's the same as switching the dynamic with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose now on different sides. It is just it's just so incredible. Like it's it you just want to watch that, and they can use that history that they've had for so long, right. mm-hmm. and turn it around almost in a way. Where saying like, oh, the Miz is like, oh, you turned back on the fans. Like I've been out here day in, day out. Da 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 da. Da da all that and the all sa- that and the same. Amazing. You he can give the same points. You know, you turned your back. I've never been injured. I've been here day in and day out. He used that as a heel. That translates so so easily Especially as a babyface. Yeah. Baby yeah, for I, sure. Yeah. Wow. I can't, I told you. Now I'm on board with this. Yeah, I told you. But I also want Finn Balor to win the Rumble. So Ooh, it's tough. Well, let's not let's not get crazy. <laughs> I, I, my way too you know, early pick. My way too early pick is the Miz. It is for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's yours. You you got it. All right, thanks. It's mine. It's in my, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll it's remember in, it. It's in my pocket. I have it written down. So we're moving on. We finally we got we got through Survivor Series. A couple quick things on Raw that we've yet to touch on. Alexa Bliss, Nat was named 
she, you know, she's officially in charge of the Raw Women's Division. What do you guys think of this? Uh, whatever. They, they, they had to do something with her because she's injured. I absolutely love it. And I, th- I think that she is so much better in this role of authority than she is as a wrestler. Because she's, she's one of the best. You know, we were just talking about The Miz, great on the mic. She's one of the best women in the company. On the mic. With the microphone. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And yeah. to have her off TV would be a crime. But you put her, you know, you put her in a nice suit. She's on on TV as a heel authority figure. It's great. It's it the role she was born to play. Yep. And I'm very interested to see how that all works out. If Baron Corbin loses, how did she? Uh, how did she get the concussion? Probably not. I if I had to guess, Nia probably Jax. Jax. Yeah. Here pre- we go. I'm pretty sure it was from Nia Jax. Anyway. Anyway, I think that. You know, the whole thing, if Baron Corbin loses to Braun Strowman at TLC, he's no longer the GM. We could potentially just be seeing Alexa Bliss have full authority as Raw General Manager soon. And I would really enjoy that. I don't know about you, Clem. Uh, I'd love it. (laughs) Alexa Bliss is, first of all, like we just said, so good on the mic. And we see how good Paige is doing it on SmackDown from doing being the GM. Having Alexa on on Raw doing it would be be better, too, I think, because she's just... Phenomenal. Anyway, also on on Twitter, I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but um, somebody else is campaigning to be the Raw General Manager, and it's Matt Hardy. Oh, that's yes. right. <laughs> Broken Matt Hardy as the Raw General Manager would be incredible. Not only would it be incredible, be wonderful, wonderful is what yeah. it would be. Yeah. <laughs> Big Matt Hardy guy. I would love that. That'd be and awesome. Ma- and that brings us to his former compere, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yes. Bray Wyatt came back at Starcade, and it seems like he's ready to return. I wouldn't be surprised if Braun Strowman isn't healthy and can't compete at TLC. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Baron Corbin come out, say, oh, you know, Braun Strowman forfeits the match, I win, da-da-da-da-da, and we see Bray Wyatt come out. And he can finally be, you know, no followers, no family, nothing like that. But we can finally see the babyface anti-authority Bray Wyatt. That'd be really Going up against Baron Corbin. And and then he goes and takes on Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Probably going to lose, but hey. That's steamy. Still cool. That's steamy right there. Because then you put, because here's Because if there's anybody to lose to Lesnar in these coming weeks before the Rumble, it's Bray Wyatt. Because how many many times is he going to lose and nobody's going to care? Well, forget that. But earlier on, we were talking about how we have the team of Lashley, McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. And we said, yeah, and they could take on Finn Balor and Elias in three-on-three matches. But Who's that third there's guy? no third guy. Yeah. I think Bray Wyatt fills that spot very well. 100%. And a team of Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, and Elias Solid team. is very intriguing. Solid team. I'd like to see it. I can't wait to see him back. That's yeah, for either. sure. Yeah, hopefully no, we... they do actually do something with him. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, look, he was a tag champ before he went out. And... Hopefully they put him, give him the title again. Hopefully he's back. He's refreshed. Maybe you know a little bit of change of character couldn't hurt. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see Bray Wyatt back. Oh, now you now you got me all excited about Matt Hardy possibly being the GM. <laughs> I really want to see that. It would be cool. It would be cool. So now we'll move it on to SmackDown. This past week, Jeff Hardy, to move it on to him, celebrating 20 years. In the, I get I don't even know what 20 years of what. They've been re- they've been wrestling for almost twenty five years. What is it? Twenty years in the WWE. 
because he's had his stints in TNA. That must be what it was. I don't, I don't really had no idea what it what it was because you know we got our group chat all four of us and you know they had this. I'm like, yo, is Jeff Hardy about to retire? Well, not even that. Just like. Did they just make up this whole, oh, 20 years? Because I'm pretty sure when they came back at WrestleMania two years ago, they were like, yo, they've been wrestling for uh, for a quarter of a decade, 25 years. So I guess that's overall, but I guess it's a 20-year WWE career in total. I guess. That has to have been what it was. But anyway, like you said, it, it, it was sounded real bittersweet, it, almost like a retirement. The whole SmackDown locker room comes out. And then Samoa Joe's music hits, and he makes his way to the ring. Nobody better to put out, oh, you know, I was going to bring some champagne, but I figured you may not want that. Or, you know, you have all these great memories in the ring. I bet you don't. And, you know, the fans remember him. I bet you have no recollection of them. Just Joe obviously bringing up Jeff's history of, you know, all of his drug, drug and substance abuse problems. And now this is a feud we're going to get between Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy. I dig it. I dig it, too. I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, I just can't believe that he really came at him. He was he like, did. yeah, the, the, really the drugs and the alcohol. I was like, oh, they're really saying it. I didn't expect them to go as deep as they did. But I hey, figured, listen, yeah, they would nod to it, but Joe went right in. Because Joe was there for that. Oh, yeah. He was there for that in TNA he when it happened, TNA. when Jeff Hardy was doing all that. I read the same things you read on the internet, Andrew. No, Come because on. I know, I know <laughs> that that's it makes sense. No, I agree. I definitely I didn't agree. read that. I'm, what are, what are you I'm, talking about? Relax, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> what did you read? There wasn't a Reddit post about that at all. Don't worry about there it. There wasn't? No, there was. We both read it. I and, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes, yeah, Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy, I'm I'm all for that. And this is where I almost wish that they stuck with the the um the solo brand pay-per-views. Because you have feuds on SmackDown now between Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe, Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio, that most likely aren't gonna make it on this TLC show. They should. And, but, they really should. But thus far on TLC, you have Ronda versus Nia Jax, Rollins versus Ambrose, Daniel Bryan, AJ, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, and Becky Charlotte, Asuka. So that's five or six matches already that are all going to get a lot of time. Eh. Where do you fit in? I don't think Ronda, Nia Jax is going to get a yeah, lot of time. <laughs> Rollins, Rollins, Ambrose is going to get some time. Daniel Bryan, so. AJ. And then the triple threat TLC match for the SmackDown Women's title is going to get some time. Where do you fit in a Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, and AJ, uh, not an AJ, a Randy Orton Mysterio? Then on the other side of that, you have the whole Lashley, McIntyre, Finn Balor, Elias dynamic. We could potentially see a tag match. Does that fit in on the card? You have a lot going on, and with the dual-branded pay-per-views that aren't big fours that don't start an extra hour earlier, you don't have the time to fit everything in. Yeah. Well, I think those matches will get the short end of the stick as far as time goes, if they were to be on the card. Yeah, and if that's the case, I'd rather just see them on SmackDown. Yeah. I'd rather see Randy and Mysterio get 15 minutes on SmackDown than six on TLC. Yeah. I think that I think they'll stick with that. I don't think they're going to put them on the card. Yeah, I, would, which, I wouldn't which, be surprised. Hey, what, like, what do you do? Like, you can't do anything about that. Like, that's just how it is. It's not a compelling storyline enough to be... I think the only one that would, I could see being on TLC... Maybe being a no DQ match would be Joe, and, Joe Jeff. and Jeff. I can see. And then you also have... And that could be a TLC match because Jeff Hardy is the master of the right. TLC and match. And then you also have another, another you know, mid-card story, U.S. champ Nakamura against Rusev. That's another match that probably isn't going to make 
the TLC card. I don't, I don't care. That could be on SmackDown. That's a good feud to a SmackDown. Yeah, that. Listen, this is why SmackDown is so much better than Raw, is because they have compelling storylines that make sense, and they don't have to be on a pay-per-view. Yeah, and it's not the same stuff week in and week out. We it's see different every time. It's That's different, what I'm saying. yeah. They can mix it up because they have a variety of talent that are ready and have enough star power to put on compelling feuds. Yeah, exactly. And Raw's just like, hey, we got three hours. Let's just throw We got three hours. We we're going to give Braun 45 minutes, and we're going to give <laughs> Stephanie an hour and a half. There you go. And then... Uh, Nile, get the rest. Yeah. <laughs> what was, speaking of Raw, how bad it was, what was that dumb forum Sasha and Bailey oh, had to Oh, God. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> it was not good, dude. That was bad. I'm telling you, Raw was, this might have been one of the worst Raws in history. I, let's not get crazy. We've seen some bad This was Raws. a bad Raw. This was bad. This was, this was a bad Raw. <laughs> Wasn't good. It was not good. I, any, I, I don't think. And were... this is one of the best Smackdowns we've seen in a while. Yeah. What the heck? What are it's, we doing? It's a 24-hour difference. Here? I don't know. Monday, Tuesday, it's like, like Monday, we're, oh, this is the worst. This is terrible. After a Survivor Series, we're like, oh, all right, cool. Then we come to Monday, so, and we're like, oh. Nope. And, then, and then we're back up on Tuesday. You know, we got to talk to these writers, because you know what? It's like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff right here. Like, they actually think this is good stuff that <laughs> they're sending out week in and week out every Monday night. Like, oh, man, this is going to be great. It's, oh, those guys, gonna love oh those guys on the Phenomenal Forum are going to love this one. <laughs> like, it's the same garbage week in and week out. Garbage, they're just like, yeah. like, oh, look at this. Hot this is garbage. great. This is great stuff. All right, so before, Clem, before you have some sort of issue over there. We'll stop talking about the issues with Monday Night Raw. We'll move it over to an absolutely incredible current product with NXT. Yes. Amazing. Two weeks ago, Amazing. the night before Survivor Series, we had NXT take over War Games. Three, or, you know, five incredible matches. We had, well, four incredible matches. The fifth, Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono, was quick. It was the start of their story. I'm all for it. I can't I wait love to see Matt them. Riddle. I can't wait to see them love wrestle Matt Riddle. Bro. longer form, get some time. But we got to start it off, you know, before we get out of here. Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black, the ultimate grudge match out of this world. Great match. Very, very good match. I love the uh, the double black mass at the end where he held him up. When he when he caught him with his foot. The, Alistair Black is so good. And Johnny Gargano is still, and that was officially Johnny Gargano broke the record for most takeover matches. Yeah. Because yeah. and which is a funny stat because the reason nobody's ever wrestled that many takeovers is because at this point been they've called been up. called up. Yeah. But I'm in no rush to see Gargano get called up. Neither am I. I mean, neither. Keep him on he, NXT. He's, <laughs> Please. he's the staple of NXT. Please you know, keep him on. We saw in years past it Adrian Neville when he was champion, he held it down. Sami Zayn held down NXT. Finn Balor held it down. They were the faces of NXT. Even Seth Rollins is the first champ. But I think that when you look back at this time period, Johnny Gargano is the number one face in NXT history. I think this is one of the best periods of NXT for sure right now. But I think that if you look back, if NXT were to end today and there was no more NXT, and you looked from when it started about mid 2012 to today, and you look who were the you know who were the faces of NXT? I think Johnny Gargano's up there. Is the you know, he is I think, the top. I think he's number one. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you can make an argument for Finn Balor. You can make an argument for Sami Zayn. Nakamura too. Yeah, as well. But it's it's Johnny Gargano. It really it is. is. Yeah. It really is. And that's just a testament to how good he is. And now he's a heel, which is so funny because you take guys. I, I when I talk about Gargano, I talk. I think about Gargano, Sami Zayn, and Daniel Bryan. Three guys that you know they're all the same. They all came come from the same background. 
undersized technical wrestlers that are, you know, the absolute biggest baby faces in the company at their height. And to and those are three guys that you say to yourself, I could never picture them turning heel. And they all did it. Not only did all three do it in the span of a year. In a year, yeah. That's they all did it incredibly well. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so exciting to see guys like that. And obviously people are still on their side. People still give them, you know, all the cheers. But Johnny Gargano. Credit where credit's due. Yeah, Gargano is in has some great company at the you know in the history books in NXT for sure. That's for and he's not done yet. He's not. I don't, here's the thing about NXT now. In the past, we've been like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to get called up. Da da da. I don't care. I don't I, want them to get called. I up. I got plenty of time. I want them to stay on NXT yeah, because you know there's so much talent in NXT right now that I don't want to see it go anywhere. Between Gargano, Champa, Velveteen Dream, the oh, the whole undisputed era, Alistair Black. Lars Sullivan, who seems to be getting called up. Keith Lee is down there. Cassius Ono and Matt Riddle. There's so EC3. Stacked. Ricochet. The War Raiders. The UK <laughs> the gets done. Mustache yeah. Mountain. I just bought the Mustache Mountain shirt on the on the WWEshop.com, by the way. Love those guys. But <laughs> there's so much talent. And at this point, it's at this point, I'm not saying when is this person gonna get called up. I'm looking at when is such and such on Raw coming down to NXT to have a match. You know, spoiler alert, this past NXT tapings are underway. Ricochet had a North American Championship Open Challenge, and Tyler Breeze came down and accepted that. I love that. Tyler Breeze was incredible down in NXT. I'd love to see him get another run. When Fandango gets healthy, bring him down there. They can be the fashion police at NXT. Have some quality matches with some quality teams. Yeah, yeah. That's the type of thing. A guy like Dolph Ziggler before... This last run, it was always like, hey, maybe if he went down to NXT for a couple months. There's so much talent down there. You know, give give somebody else a shot, you know? Here's the thing. I don't think anybody gets called up from NXT <coughs> unless there's a couple either firings on the main roster. Or injuries, too. Or injuries, because the, the main card has no room. Not for really, any of really them. No, it doesn't. They don't, like, they don't have any room to give them any time of day. Yeah, and it's funny that, you know, the rumor, well, not the rumor is, is Lars Sullivan's getting called up. The only, the only, it's only a matter of time of when is he actually going to get called up, you know, and what's his role going to be. I think he can fit into a nice monster heel type Braun Strowman role on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I think that's his I, spot. I really don't want him on Raw because it's, Raw's too top-heavy It's top too top-heavy with a lot of big talent. Big guys, yeah. I think, and you know, the one thing, when you talk about NXT call-ups, a lot of them are surprises. We glossed over it on Raw. Seth Rollins restarted the Intercontinental Championship Open Challenge. We saw Dolph Ziggler answer it. It was kind of, obviously they had a great match, but we've seen it a million times. Again, if like to why Raw is not good If this they week. just announced that that match was happening beforehand, I would have been okay with it. Yeah. But because, oh, the Open Challenge, who's it going to be? It's the Open Challenge. And that's you know, when that's... you see, because, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn answered the Cena U.S. Open Challenge a few years ago. At that point, I'm thinking to myself, I think we got Velveteen Dream or we got EC3. I really do. And I think I in the think I think it. in the next couple weeks, I think there if Rollins continues the open challenge, I think there's a good chance we see EC three. I'll be going to continue. It. I think they're just going to continue with the feud between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins because uh, there's only two weeks till TLC. I don't know. It could be, but uh, but I'm looking forward to it. But for the majority of those guys in NXT, stay down there. I hope they keep doing what they're doing because they're putting on ev- you know every three four months we say hey. This is probably going to be the best takeover around, and I want to keep saying that. And I don't think they we're going to. Honestly, it was. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to have to stop anytime soon. So anyway, 
That's going to do it here for Andrews for Video, the modern-day Klimaraja. Hopefully the big homie Mark Sanger will be back with us next week. This has been the Phenomenal Forum on mywcwp.org.